just a quick disclaimer before we get into the episode. Um, this is not about the real men of Easy Company. This is about the show Band of Brothers. We are not disparaging the legacy and the campaigns of the actual men who fought in World War II. We are simply some friends who want to talk about Band of Brothers because it's our favorite show. And with that being said, enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to episode two of Fans of Brothers. Today we are talking about the second episode, obviously, Day of Days. And joining me today, once again, we have Lex. Hello. And uh, coming to the podcast for the first time, we have Andy. Hi. So, uh, since you are a newbie, I have a couple questions for you. So, who is your favorite character and why? My favorite character is definitely Luz, because he's just an overall great guy. He just loves his friends. Um, He is a more complex character than you think, but he's still a little silly, a little goofy, and I really like his personality, and of course he's played by Rick Gomez, whom I'm in love with, so yes. We do. A lot of love for Luz. Um, great guy. Great guy. Alright, uh, what's your favorite episode? My favorite episode is actually not um, episode 2, unfortunately. It's episode 10, because I really like um, finale episodes. I just think they're very cool, and they can be done really well or really bad, and there's, like, not really an in-between. And I think it was done really well, and it's very good. Yeah. Obviously, like, yeah, we are at the, we're at the start of the show, but the, the finale, I think, is one of those ones where obviously it's a it's a complete story like they had a finite ending and the way that they did it is such a touching way yeah definitely and you know it's a really great thing to see and um what brought you to the show my friend really like she convinced me we don't speak anymore but (laughs) my physics partner she convinced me to watch it because I watched the Pacific for Joe Mazzello and she really likes the military so she liked Band of Brothers and was like asking everyone she knew to watch it and I finally watched it like (laughs) maybe 10 months after she told me to and by that time she didn't like it anymore but then I joined a community of people who did like it, so it's fine. Yeah, and we are that community. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I said, this is the, uh, the really the, the ramp up of the series. I think episode two can be categorized as such. Because, um, you know, it's their first mission. It's D-Day, Operation Overlord, all the different names that it goes by. It's the Allied Invasion of Europe. And the uh, paratroopers, not the 
yeah, the paratroopers, the airborne, the, you know, air corps, whatever you want to call it, all took part in it. Um, and typically, I think when people think of D-Day, they do think of the beach landings, they think of the Marines, and, you know, those, like, very infamous pictures of, you know, approaching Utah and Omaha Beach, but um, I think this really highlights something important, which was that there were already landings, there were already troops on the ground by the time that happened that morning. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's just a cool I think it was about five hours. Yeah. It was about five hours prior. So this um, this episode picks up directly where episode one leaves off, where we have the, I think I said in the episode, very anxiety-inducing shot of Dick sitting in the door of the plane. Oh my god, I know. And then, <laughs> um, like, that anxiety doesn't let up in the beginning. Like, they're still just full of anticipation of, like, what's to come, you know? Oh, I couldn't even imagine just being in that yeah. position. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Because it's, like, it's getting more and more anxious, and then yeah. the catches on fire, and then it's, like, um, the, the, the real the right to be anxious. It's a really good sense of, um, you know, anticipation building, especially when you, like, they have the close-ups of everyone's face and everyone is at some level of anxiety. You have people doing their best to, like, keep themselves calm. People are, you know, smoking cigarettes, praying rosaries, um, just flat out, like, gnawing on their lips and fingers to, like, keep themselves together. Yeah. But it, um, it's a really, it really shows how, you know, had this gone off the day it was supposed to, maybe mm. that anxiety would have been a bit more quelled. Yeah. But because yeah. they were, you know, going when they did, going, they were going to the mission when they did, they probably had a lot more um, clarity of mind to think about what it was that they yeah. were doing. Definitely. And I just think, because, like, it's, like, in the first 10 minutes or so when the plane that Lieutenant Meehan is on catches on fire and crash, crashes. And I feel like that's, you know, it's one of those um, things where it's, like, oh, you know, this character that you think thought was going to be a big deal because of the first episode, he's gone. He's wiped out. And I just feel like how they shot that scene, especially with like the fire on the inside of the plane, it's horrifying and mm -hmm. it's so tragic and it completely catches you off guard because that's yeah. like you know, battalion headquarters in there. Yeah. It's scary. Mm -hmm. And it's just really sad. And to start off this episode that way, I feel like it was just a really great choice because obviously it's what, it's what happened. And it's also just sets the tone for the, entire rest of the time of France. Yeah, it's, it, um, and it also, it sets, it sort of sets this tone of, like, almost denial through the rest of the episode. Like, they're all like, well, Mean's gonna turn up. Headquarters is gonna turn up. But, yeah, it never does. 
it's a, such a tragic, tragic moment and just awful. And like, I don't think going through the whole of that campaign, they obviously knew probably like a couple days into it, he wasn't coming right. back. But I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know at what point you know they would have learned of what happened to me and um and they do really do a good job of like saying like well dick's in charge until we get me and back yeah, right until he is you know relieved of that post that must be such a shock to like first of all you pump yourself up that like it's going to be that day and then you have to do it another day and then you pump yourself up okay we have this like um, we were going to have Sobel and now we're having Meehan and then Meehan isn't even there. So like, mm-hmm. it's so unclear and it like, even when it was planned, it was anxiety inducing, but I can't imagine like one thing going wrong after, after another. And yeah, it must be, it must've been awful. Yeah. But I will say to have um, everything stacked against you and to have this adversity, but to still be successful because of your training and because of, you know, pushing through and knowing your objective is also the mark of true professionals in this sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make it any easier that it's like, oh, you lost your CEO. And now Dick is in charge. Good luck. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. You're in. But it was, but it, at least it was Dick. At least they did give it to him and it was someone that they could trust. And they, right. you know, had it been someone else second in command, who knows what would have happened. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Honestly, in a lot of places, like throughout the show, I'm constantly, especially in episode two i'm constantly saying like thank the lord that it was dick who got in charge because he's like spectacular and leading and he is just a phenomenal person and it's was such luck that he was there to lead the company and not some other second in command yeah totally Um, I think, you know, this episode is dick-centric, and it's the first time we have that sort of narrative in the show, because episode one is, is about learning the company as a whole and learning the men as a whole, and this is when we see, um, you know, major characters come to the forefront, Dick in particular, so we do we see him jump out of the plane. We do see him land, um, you know, steering sort of over a fiery plane. Could it have been, could that have been Mian's plane? I don't know if that's like a, I'm not a sure. an implied thing. I love that shot though. Of him yeah. jumping out. Yeah. yeah. So good. CGI is great. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> the one moment the one moment for the time that is one of the only things i think that dates this show 
Is that scene CGI? I think it looks pretty good. I mean, for the time, for the time, it was it was peak pinnacle. Well, it's like you're not gonna get you know, like Avengers or whatever level CGI, but I think it's pretty good, and I think it holds up. I'm just saying for maybe for the time that we live in in the year 2020 a bit spoiled but but you see that scene and you're (laughs) like oh I'm watching a computer game I think it looks good but you know what (laughs) it looks good for the for 2001 pinnacle peak yeah the show won an Emmy but you can't get you that's not gonna cut it in the year 2020 I'm sorry everything else holds up everything else actually lighting a plane on fire on the ground and fully replicating it, but I don't think that would go over that well. It sounds yeah. pretty expensive. Yeah, that wise. sounds like yeah, that sounds like there might be some like union stuff involved. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> a little Not bit a of lot. union stuff. Um, but we do see him land, and someone else falls on the ground next to him, and their code words are flash and thunder. And um, so Dick says, the "Flash." Time I thought it was fla- thunder and lightning for the oh, longest time. Thunder. I have no idea why. Don't ask me. But but so we also are introduced to the character of Hall, who does not respond correctly, sir. Well, okay. Would you though? <laughs> <laughs> That's like the running like thing of this show. It's like. You can criticize them all you want, but it's like, what would you have been able to do in this situation? Exactly. I'd be lying on the ground. I'd pull a blind, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I'd lay in a ditch and cry. Like, okay. <laughs> I'd go to sleep. I would cry. Um, but, so... I wouldn't even, like, go into the army in the first place. <laughs> I know, yeah. No army for me, but if I was forced. But, um, so... Paul is from Able Company. He's the Able Company radio man. Yes. And um, he... He's played by Andrew Scott, who, very talented. The hot priest. Incredibly talented. The hot priest. Moriarty. Moriarty. Um, It's cool seeing him in this, like, little role when he was, like, super young. Little baby. Little baby. Little baby. You said he, he hated it. it, actually. Yeah, I read that he did hate filming it. Yeah. Yeah, because apparently the rest of the cast was so tight-knit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he felt totally on the outskirts of the well, group. You, well, you have this with a lot of, um, like, people that came in for, like, one-episode roles. Right, exactly. That are like, this, this group of guys has been together. And I'm just expected to come in and, but apparently because I was listening to another podcast about an actor who was fired by Tom Hanks, Mm -hmm. um, the person that played Moose Heiliger had the same experience. And apparently they were told to bully the outsiders. Really? They were were told to give the guy shit. So yeah. So apparently it was by design. Well, I mean, interesting. I believe it. Kind of falls in line, though, with the rest of the, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so. But also, like, even if they weren't told to bully them, 
then like these these guys went to boot camp together they went through paratrooping together like that's got to be a close-knit type of yeah yeah oh for sure but despite all that he still did a really good job in the episode he did yeah very cute looks like a little puppy um It also gives you this iconic line of they're walking through the trees looking for anybody. And he's like, we're lost. And Dick's like, we're not lost, Private. We're in Normandy. Which, so good. As Mic someone, drop. I wrote my uh, research on Easy Company. And I called my, <laughs> my section on the Normandy invasion, I called it that. I... That was the title of that section. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so, because it's a great line. It's a great... It's so um, good. Totally. It's just so cheeky, and it's like, you know, it's trying... It's doing your best as a leader to reassure someone, like, we're gonna... Yeah. We're gonna yeah. do our jobs. Because it's true. There weren't... They weren't lost. They weren't yeah. in Normandy. It holds a lot of weight to it. It does. Totally. Um... So eventually they are um, walking along. They are looking for somebody, anybody, and they catch up with Lipton, who had landed with a couple of guys from the 82nd, because everyone's drop zones were just, like, fucked. Like, (laughs) no one where they were supposed to be. Um, Like, the 101st and ended up, I think the 101st ended up where the 82nd was supposed to be, and the 82nd ended up just, um, like, a couple miles away from where they were supposed to be, so, like, it was just all over the goddamn place, um, (laughs) but this also is one of the funniest things, because it's, like, so subtle, but how do you even get into explaining the scene? So they have a map and they are looking to figure out where they're going. Cause Lipton is like, I saw a sign that I recognize. And <laughs> he pulls out his map and he's like, does someone have a raincoat and starts unzipping his fly. And these guys from the 82nd look at each other. Like, is this man about to pull out his penis? In the middle of the night in Normandy. The best. It's It's so so funny. But he was like pulling out his flashlight and they're like, what is he doing? What the hell? I mean, it's a good spot for a flashlight. You're not going to lose it pretty easily, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, Are you happy to see me or is that just a flashlight? (laughs) But that's... But it's, it, so it's just so funny, and it's so subtle, because you, like, you don't really notice it, but they look look at each other, they're like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> What's this dude doing? I love doing? subtle humor in Band of Brothers, because it really, like, it makes mm-hmm. it... It's not a sitcom, but it should be. Uh, it humanizes it. Just so yeah. funny. That is, it, that's the funniest. Yeah. It's, like, easy to watch, you know? Yeah. I mean, not all the time, obviously, but, like, those yeah. like, moments of levity yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. make it easier, so. Um, but these, but this group of guys, I think there's about five of them now. Yeah. They are going, and they run into uh, Malarkey, uh, Toy, Garnier, 
from Popeye, I want to say. I think so. Yeah. I want to say that. I was looking, I was trying to look at the faces, but you know. There's only a couple that are like well-defined. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so they come across them and they join up because obviously you need to like find your unit and they're miraculously able to find that many of easy company. Totally. um, Because they have the entire 506 right now, Hmm. like in that general vicinity. So um, this is where we see our first sort of assault of the series, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, our, our, our first bit of combat, wherein um, no one really has, well, Dick at least, and that sort of group don't really have weapons. Um, so I believe the group with Malarkey, they all had something. Yeah. And they are they are walking sort of in the forest above a road and they hear a group of Germans and the Germans are probably like, what the fuck is happening? Like we're being invaded and they're trying to like get places. And we see a good amount of tension between Winters and Garnier because Winters is you know, the highest ranking officer of this group of men, he says, wait for my command. But guess who doesn't fucking wait for his command? Yeah. <laughs> the guy just, who just lost his brother. Yeah. Who just found out his brother died in Monte Casino. So, I mean, that's understandable. That is probably the first opportunity he has to unload some rage. Yeah. And yeah. unload some uh some pent up emotion because you're obviously gonna internalize a lot of that. All yeah. of it, really. But um the real the real Garnier said when he found out about his brother dying and then he jumped into Normandy, they unleashed a killer. Like they unleashed a crazy person, basically. Yeah. Because he just he had to he had to let it out, and that was his catharsis. Sort of the, not to get too into the um, the theory of cathartic violence, but it definitely plays into that. Yeah, and it just, it's so, like, raw. You know, it's like you lose somebody mm-hmm. close to you, and, you know, mm-hmm. these people are fighting on the same team as the people who killed my brother. You know, it's like, no shit that you're going to want to take it out on them. Yeah. But I did feel sorry for the horse in this scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, ooh, I just, that's the one thing that, like, I can take a lot. I can, I can view a lot of human suffering. Yeah. <laughs> but if I see, oh, it's why I have an issue watching War Horse. If I see animal suffering, I just. It's sad. But, you you have to in that situation you kind of have to kill it yeah and toy is just like takes a sidearm and toy yeah because you can't let it live like that it can't live it's gonna die anyway yeah put it out of its misery but they did they ambushed this group of germans and 
This is, you know, we loot. They got to loot a little bit. First instance we see of that. Yeah. And then Dick finally gets a weapon. Mm -hmm. Other than, you know, a knife. Um, Where, okay, I think... It's sort of said in the first episode, but, you know, you hear it more as the show goes on. How do you guys feel about the kraut? How do you feel, have you about people saying kraut? Um, I mean, I am American, you know, I don't really, I'm not German or anything. I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, I think it was just like a term that they used. I mean. Obviously derogatory. Yeah. But, like, what's the difference between saying that and, like, a Nazi, you know? Mm. I don't know. Obviously, I mean, I, like, a- you can't really call, like, it's not really racism because it's, like, white on white. Yeah. It's just sort of. It doesn't have the yeah. same weight as the J word, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, and it's not like Germans were interned in the U.S., like, Japanese people. Yeah. Like, the Pacific, like, makes you, like, it It sets you up right away. It starts throwing out these slurs right away. Yeah. Um, And I think, because, like, my best friend is German, and uh, one of my friends, when we were gonna meet each other, um, he was like, oh, can I call her a kraut? And I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't, because it's not the 40s. And yeah. um, so, like, I don't think it's a problem nowadays because no one uses it. But, right. like, I think if they use it today, then, like, it wouldn't be very good. It obviously doesn't have the same weight as other things, and I don't think it would be considered a slur, but it's yeah. still not a good thing to say. But it's still, it's like, are you really going to call, like, Angela Merkel a kraut? Like, what the fuck does that even mean, you know? Yeah. What are you trying to get across there? I don't know. Yeah. mostly updated. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's, like, obviously there's, like, slurs for, like, every ethnic group. Like, there's, like, um, a specific word that they call Italians and Irish people. That are like still yeah. sort of used in a hurtful manner today. So those are a lot, I think, harder to get away with than saying kraut. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's just, yeah. It's, it's a very dated word, you know? Yeah. It's just, it comes up so often. You're like, I, every time I like hear it when I watch a show, I'm like, should I be made uncomfortable by this? Like, is that, like, what this is supposed to, like, be bringing across to me? I can't really, I can't really place the feeling I get, if that makes sense. Because, like, I am kind of uncomfortable with it, because I'm thinking, like, oh, because obviously Americans had the right to hate Germans at the time, Mm -hmm. but um, Americans still, like, there's this whole complex there that they think that they're, like, better than everyone. And I'm, like, half American. I'm not saying that, like, I wasn't part of this. But, um, like, my Czech part, I'm, like, well, um, yeah, it's not the best because it is the sentiment that, like, 
oh, we're better than them, and uh, they're just, like, boiled down to their, like, bad food or whatever. And, like, that's the heart of it, but, you know. I mean, sauerkraut's delicious. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Slovak. I love sauerkraut. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I like German potato salad. That's pretty bomb. My German, German thing. Yeah, we had a picnic and she brought sausages and pickles. Oh. <laughs> oh. Cuisine. Cuisine. High cuisine. But anyway, I, I that was just something that like every time I watch it, I'm just like, ah, this, is, this is like yeah. making me feel a certain type of way, but I can't place it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so moving on, they sort of have to, they walk through the night because they were about a couple of kilometers away from where they were supposed to be meeting everybody. Um, so by the time we see them in the morning, it, they are, you know, they're coming across a farm and um, the Navy landings are about to begin. And um, they see, you know, this is where some people landed, but they didn't really land. They uh, yeah. got hung in trees. So sad. And then they have yeah. to, and they, it's, you know, they have to take his equipment or else, you know. It's like, what else are they going to use? But that that's another example of just, you know, the tragedy that the show is able to portray so well. Yeah. They, um, they, they, they obviously lose a lot, not a, they lose a good amount of easy company throughout the show, but this shows like, you know, not everybody made it to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, that's sort of like, obviously implied with Mian's plane, but even the ones that got to jump landed a few feet before they hit the ground. And, um, you know, you kind of gotta, like you said, that you gotta take what you can. And it's really a, it's really a weird scene because you can see people uncomfortable with this. Yeah. They're like, these are our fellow guys we can't yeah. just take their shit we'll but you got it in there but yeah it's, yeah because i think it's really the probably... first of them do it, being like this is war we gotta do what we gotta do and like that scene made me wildly uncomfortable the first time i saw it because i'm like because from my perspective i'm like you can't do that respect the dead but also like you got to do what you got to do. Like, what? where else are you going to get equipment? Where else are Confronting you going to get... Confronting the situation, for sure. It's like, how else are you going to get ammo? You're out, yeah. you know? And it's yeah. like, I feel like it's it's probably also like, well, we can't even, like, stop to bury these guys properly. They're just yeah. going to be here for who knows how long decomposing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's a confrontation, I think, of the mortality yeah you know it's like really interesting um i think pretty sure it was army but there's like a 
a unit that was like specifically designed to pick up the bodies after, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm yeah. just like, God, wouldn't that be an interesting like book to read or something to watch about them? Like, that's a shitty job. Because, yeah. um, you know, this is kind of comparing it to the Pacific, but not even because there were Marines in uh, Operation Overlord. But a policy of theirs is to never leave dead behind. Yeah. Um, it to with it, at the very least, when you find them, bury them. But like, I don't know if the army had that same sort of. Or it's like, how even could you do that? You know, when yeah. you're there's a hundred thousand troops landing in France that morning. Mm-hmm. It's like good luck. You know, you're not going to be able to take care of everybody. And- exactly. It's really sad. Yeah, this is also where we have the the quest of Malarkey to get a Luger for his brother. Yeah. And he's oh, like no. he's like the first one we see, it's mine. I got dibs. And then that well we do see how that That's, plays out for him later. But No, not not him. That's not his downfall. But that's I know, but, like, later in the episode, you know. Yeah, later in the episode, he pulls a stunt, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, he, but he's like, you know, first one, it's mine. Keep your mitts off. Yeah. I think this was a good episode for Malarkey, because we also get that scene of him, you know, talking to the uh, German soldier yeah. that was from Oregon. And I have done some research on that about like how many Americans like went to Germany, you know, because of that. Whatever I don't remember what they called it, but it's basically like returning to the motherland if you have German yeah. ancestry. And it's really hard to find numbers on you know how many Americans actually did that. Mm-hmm. So it's either not a whole lot, and that was just a crazy coincidence, or it's a lot more that you know. Mm-hmm. nobody really wants to talk about yeah, yeah. that because he said he joined up in 41 so that was like way okay. before right america so america was even gonna join yeah america was still selling weapons to both the allies and the exactly. axis and yeah. yeah and then you know when he joined up a lot of you know americans sympathized with Germany, you know, because, uh... It's it's always written that, like, America was always, like, completely on the side of the Allies and was, like, completely against everything the Germans stood for. America was selling... America was selling weapons. Like, there were so many Nazi sympathizers, and there were so many German sympathizers, and they were, you know, as you said, selling ammo and whatever to both sides and it like yeah Yeah. but like i don't very convenient that they forgot that yeah i I think it's um it is really interesting because like in the case of maybe this guy who you know we are caught up to the scene and we do have them approaching where they're supposed to meet um and he does meet this guy from like a couple hours away from him like maybe like maybe hour and a half at most because that's like how long it takes me to go like 100 miles um you know what must that have felt like to him he's like 
is he thinking like that should have been me i should have been fighting for my actual country mm. not my parents country yeah. yeah it's really interesting and then it's also you know i don't know but like, like also, he- i like i have done research on like british people that went and joined like the nazis and i want to say there was like maybe a unit of like a hundred of them at one point um they were on like the eastern front though this was this is me just talking about a wikipedia article so i'm not you know i'm not an expert but yeah so like so it's like there were both people in both the u.s and the uk that you know well sympathize with them and just interesting and it's yeah treasonous Mm. love it but um but also for like the ones that maybe were just sort of like sent by their parents like yeah and then hearing news about like your country being attacked and being like well i want to fight for us yeah yeah but then you're in a german uniform and you know the shit i like to imagine that this young man that is hat that is talking to malarkey is that type of person that yeah. wants to be in the american uniform <laughs> but then that makes it all the more tragic of what i happens. know <laughs> because we meet spears we don't meet spears we see spears i <laughs> love spears <laughs> he is great <laughs> he does not give a fuck and it's amazing oh my god he just, he's just like he he has that sort of like walk of just like a psycho. Oh, I know. It's just like Matt Settle is so hot. Ugh. Matt Settle. Okay. Um, I need to talk about Matt Settle really quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> fun fact: everyone was kind of sure that he died. <laughs> he didn't, I no, mean, he disappeared <laughs> off the face of the earth. The last project that he did was in 2017, and then this man just shows up on the cast podcast, and he's on a bike. (laughs) And I want to, and this is directly to Ross McCall, where has he been and why have you not told us that he was alive? (laughs) Where's his island at? Where's the island where he used his Gossip Girl money to buy? Oh my god. (laughs) In the island. He's like, Actually, I... Instagram post, he wants to be on that island. <laughs> He's like, goodbye. I am not listening to any news ever again. <laughs> that was just so, like, funny. Like, he was just like, I'm on a bike. I'm on Zoom. <laughs> I'm like, what? Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> like, but yeah, so the introduction to Spears is sort of... It, um. It's sort of mythic, if you think about it. So good, yeah. Like it's like it's like it's sort of like creating this legend and this aura of just suspense around him. Yeah, and mystery, yeah. and it's like, who is this guy? And then, then yeah, ugh, so good. And it continues that way throughout the series, and then at the mm-hmm. end, he's just kind of like the Luton guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like he's just like another one of the dads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um so yeah, it's implied that Spears was going to um 
terminate those uh, German soldiers' contracts with the German army by force. Yes. That's, That's a good, a good way, way of saying that he's shot them, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's like they couldn't keep POWs, right? Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, so I'm like, sorry, buddy. But then that you be know. like the Marines and don't take prisoners, just kill everybody. Yeah, that's totally humane and totally works out for everybody. Yeah. Listen, no one said that war was great. <laughs> <laughs> just, get, just just disclaimer really quickly. Uh war is bad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it's implied by the look on Malarkey's face where he's just, like, fucking, like, horrified that he witnesses this uh, massacre, I think is yeah. a proper term. And, and he... Like, yeah. And he makes it's it back, go. and he sees the rest of Easy Company that made it at, to that point, and he's just like, oh, he's shaking, he's freaked out, he cannot believe what he just saw. And then... Spears walks by. Cigarette. Still lit. Oh, so good. <laughs> and this is a this is a good one of uh this is a good toy one liner where he's like, Hey Malark, where's the best chow? In Berlin. Like just so Yeah. Trying to trying to do something to the mood, to the tone of the day. Did it work? Debate. And Malark he's still <laughs> quaking in his boots. Um, but we also, this is where we learn that Mia didn't make it to, to the rendezvous point to that point, because, um, they ask for the easy company CO and it's Dick. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. So he's just sort of, he just realizes that he's thrust into this position. Um, and they have to so we have who do we have at this point we have we have winners we have compton compton's there um believe that nicks made it um we have liebgott we have garnier uh toy malarkey lipton popeye 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 made it yeah um and I want to say someone else. I want to say someone else from the Mortar Squad made it. But um, they are brought into a barn where they are briefed on what will be known as the Braycore Manor Assault. And which was when this group of like 12 guys, so there were a couple more and I probably forgot them. But this group of 12 guys, there were four guns that were firing onto the landings on Utah Beach, and it was taking a huge toll on the men trying to get ashore. And this group of, like, a a dozen dudes was tasked with sort of dismantling these guns and getting as many of the Germans out of the way as they could as well. And it's one of the most complex, but also sort of on-the-fly improvised operations that has ever been done in military history. And it's 
crazy if you think about 12 guys and they end up taking on like 60 like German. Yeah. yeah. 60, yeah. Like bananas. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's such, and it's one of those scenes where like you sort of have to watch it multiple times and even then like you're not going to catch everything. Totally. Yeah. yeah. What I love most about that scene is how desaturized the color, the coloring is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, like grayscale. The entire show is brilliant. It really, it yeah, it's amazing. Like yeah, like cinematically, this sh- this this sequence is wonderfully shot cinematically. Yeah, just like the sort of the sequence in which they were able to get everything and the the point of view shifts. Mm. Yeah, and you also get the beginning of the trope of. Easy Company members getting shot in the ass. Yes. Which so is great. I mean, not great, but hilarious. It's hard to it's hard to even like talk about Core, I feel like because it's such a because you feel like you're gonna leave something out because it's such a complex sequence. Yeah. yeah. Like basically, it was an L shape. The trenches were in L shape, and they had four guns, and they had to systematically take them out. Um, they do this through a combination of they had a base of fire with their machine gunners that were firing, and they were able to do enough maneuvering to confuse the Germans in various sides of the trenches to start firing on themselves. Yeah. And but it's- just to have all of that like knowledge and just like decision making like on the fly mm-hmm. is insane and then there's only 12 guys doing that i'm like oh yeah well then they lose they lose two yeah kind of early on yeah they lose popeye because popeye gets his ass shot yes. and he's and it's so funny he's like is this a ticket home and they're like, maybe. And he's like, but I just got here. Like, I this know, is just, like, Popeye. we're just getting started. Like, he's, yeah. Popeye is underrated. He's seriously, like, an amazing character. I, I think about this a lot. So my last name is Wynn as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, I should, like, feel, like, more connection to Popeye. But I don't. <laughs> I'll shoot you in the butt. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do it with a Nerf gun, though, so it doesn't hurt as bad. But, yeah, so Popeye wins, Sarah wins. That's Very a, nice. Hell, yeah. Except my, my name's spelled a bit differently. Not a bit. Just, I'm, there's an E at the end of mine. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So, it's sort of this, and then they take out one gun because they blow up the barrel with TNT and a grenade. Yeah, I think it's like a, I think, um, I know they used a potato masher grenade for one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, is it, does it, is it Hall that trips a landmine? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he, this is the, and it's the first, he's the first man that winners loses. Like as a. You can see it takes a toll on him. Mm-hmm. in that Cause moment because he, he had you know this was the kid that he this was a private that he took under his wing because they were yeah. 
you know, supposed to be going to the same place. But, um, yeah, so they, they, they're able to get three guns, and this is when Malarkey's like, you know what? I'm gonna get me a Luger, because he sees Uh a German in a field, and he's like, I want that gun, and he doesn't even have one. (laughs) He talks about, Malarkey talks about that in his, in his book, his autobiography, and when I was like, because I listened to the audiobook, and I was like, listening to it, I was like, oh my god, I, and like, so that, and then just watching the scene, it's like, could you do anything more stupid? Like, buddy, what are you doing? Yeah. Come on Like, here. literally, Lieb God's like, what are you doing? Now you stop firing your guns? Beautiful. Like, they're just, uh, like, so exasperated. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Spears runs in with a bit of dog like, company. And he's like, go. can we get the last one? Hell he's yeah, go for it. <laughs> and then he's fucking running, like. Above the, the trenches? <laughs> and it's so cute when they take out the gun and he, like, waves that, like, you know, dick and buck. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I got it! <laughs> <laughs> so we are cute. good. Objective secured. Love um, him. But, you know, it's a very... The, the scene is very... I don't even know how long it is in terms of, like, minutes, but it feels like it goes on for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just really intense. And it's the attention yeah. to like the attention to detail is just so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like you have like Lipton firing in a tree the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, and then he's like, what do I need to do? And they're like, we got it. Let's go. It's like, come on, Donnie, come up with the program. <laughs> yeah, Donnie, you're late. <laughs> Donnie, you, where were you? Come I, on, bro. <laughs> Getting TNT. We 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 we're past that now. Come on, let's go. Come on, pick it up. Get with it. Hang tough. Hanging tough. Um, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I just love the 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 association journeys that my mind Comes, goes on. Yeah, full circle. So fun, but yeah, so. It is a success. They're able to kill quite a few Germans. They take the rest of them as prisoner. Yeah. And they also get a map. So, Breakcore Manor, they end up taking quite a few prisoners, killing quite a few Germans. Dick secures a um a map and there's this really funny scene where like they get Popeye out of there and he's just like laying on his front and he's like hey Popeye and he's like yeah (laughs) he's like hang in there (laughs) um and then they they have it we have a scene once more where there's a a moment between Dick and Nixon wherein you know Nick asks, Nick's ass going my way because he has commandeered a tank. <laughs> Love it. From, it's like straight from Utah Beach. It's great. Yeah. The hottest toy of Christmas. Love it. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, but, you know, the, it's sort of a, a sort of normal. It's their new normal and they're settling um, into it. 
because they yeah. are in combat now and yeah. you have to you have to take what you can get and we see that the night uh in at that night where you know you have a group of the guys that had made it back are sitting in the back of a truck cooking beans or whatever or like some sort of stew. <laughs> And apparently it's disgusting. Sounds like the Lord's <laughs> ass. <laughs> yeah. And Liebgott's like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> Need out. <sighs> um, and you have this scene where earlier in the episode, there was a lot I had mentioned of animosity between Garnier and um, Winners because Garnier had basically disrespected Winners' authority. Yeah. And I still don't yeah. know what a Quaker is. It's like a religious group. They're like pacifist. Yeah. Ah. They do this thing where they're like worshiping, where they like shake, so they like they're quaking. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but they're sitting in the back of the van, and someone offers Dick some wine, and he's like, "The lieutenant, don't drink." Like. But Dick's like, um, screw you, asshole, and takes a sip. <laughs> it's been a day of first. And it's a really sort of sweet, not sweet, it's, bitter, it's a bittersweet ending to mm-hmm. probably the toughest day of all their lives. Yeah. If, they got through, if they got through D-Day, they can get through anything. And I love wow. that Dick reaches out to them you know, mm-hmm. to just sort of check on them and, you know, li- like, you know, kind of call a truce with Garnier, almost, like, that they had done this amazing thing, and, you know, they're on the same the same side, and, you know, I don't know. I just, yeah. I love that scene. Yeah. It's so good. He's such a yeah. fatherly figure for, like, all of the, all of the guys, and He's just like he's the fam all the family they can get there. He's like a dad for them all. And yeah. he's just like checking up on them and it's it's not sweet like you said. It's it's like but it's familiar, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. He he recognizes that he has to be that stability. Yeah. Yeah. But he even at his voiceover at the end, he's like, you know, he thanked God for getting him through that day. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, when this is over, if he, if God sees him through it, he will live the quietest life possible. Yeah. Because he, he sort of, you see before, right before that, and he struck a struggle in him because he's talking to Nick's about like, you know, we got what we needed, but, like, I lost somebody. Yeah. yeah. But he and did find that map, though, that yeah. had, like, all of the German guns in Normandy, which is kind of yeah. amazing. Yeah. That the Germans and, would leave that out. Hello. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but, dummies. Yeah, but... But Nix has to, like, let him know, like, you did the right thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that there are going to be casualties, because they are in a war zone mm-hmm. actively participating in a war so they they can't come out unscathed yeah 
It must have been, like, real hard for Dick, too, because he recognized that he has to be um, the leader and, like, has to be the sense of security. But, like you said, he was, like, praying to get through that day. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have to repress your own anxiousness and keep it under, keep yourself under control, even though it's, like, the most stressful day of your life. So other people don't get um, anxious. And I think that's, like, the point of leadership, to control yourself so other people don't get hurt. And it must take, like, incredible yeah. independence. It's, like, lead by example, like, to the max, you know? And to, to be given that position on the fly. Yeah. On a yeah. day like D-Day. Yeah. And just being like, oop, this is where I'm at now. Yeah, because, like, I think the one guy for the job would be, would definitely be Dick, but, yeah, like I said in the beginning, if anyone else would have gotten the control of Easy Company, then who knows what would have happened, but I really think that, like, Dick was the best guy for the job. Yeah, and the fact that they only had one casualty. Mm-hmm. When they were a group of 12 guys taking on 50 to 60 Germans. Yeah. Like, that's kind of incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, like, if they had someone else in charge, I'm sure they would have gotten the objective, but maybe at the cost of, like, five or six dead. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's like, what what does an operation like Breakcore Manor look like under someone like me in? Right. Yeah. Or just, like, even Compton or just anybody else, you know? Yeah, it, it it definitely is. It's an episode, you know, obviously focused on Dick, but I don't think it uh, idolizes him in any way. Mm. Yeah, it does sort of have those moments of him with his with human fallibility. Definitely, yeah. Because throughout the series, like there is a fair bit of there is a balance I think of making him into this larger than life guy but also like bringing him back down at certain points yeah which ultimately just kind of shows how they fleshed out his character so well Mm -hmm. like he's he's not just you know oh I'm Mr. In Charge I'm gonna be the hero it's like no he's a flawed human being and they showed that you know I really think, like, um, Dick was the most well-written character out of everyone. Because, like, everyone was super well-written, but, like, Dick was... Yeah. 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 Because it's sort of, like, it's it's an ensemble... It's an ensemble-based story, but you do have major characters that emerge, and I think if there is a main character, it is Dick. Yeah. Yeah. And they do a really good job of rounding his character. Yeah. I do love this episode because, like, it just, it's really intense, and it's, like, the first actual battle scenes that you see. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, you know, because you have Curry, and that's sort of introducing everybody. And then this just goes from, like, zero to 60, like, that. And I just think, overall, it's really well done. And, you know, it really kind of gets 
the audience to go like, all right, they, these people did this crazy thing. What's going to happen next? Better tune in next week, you know? Yeah. I wonder, um, you know, cause I was, I was far too young to watch this when it came out. Like yeah. I, 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 it very well could have been on in my home. Cause I know at that point in time we had HBO, but like, yeah. I was five years old. I was not even five years old. I was turning five years old. Yeah, I was so, four. Yeah, baby. Uh-huh. Like, little, like little, little, <laughs> You weren't even, like, thought of yet. Yeah. You were negative, whatever. <laughs> yeah, T-minus four years. Yeah. But uh, um, especially at the point in time when this show came out and its proximity to 9-11... Totally, yeah. Sort of needing that um, that reinvigoration of belief in America. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, we can do this. They did that, and, you know, it was great, but it's like, yeah, they did this amazing thing, and then look at the toll that it had on them later on, you know? Uh, I, I think that's sort of one thing that they don't really, and I think maybe it was out of respect um, for the veterans, and this is speculation, but they don't really flesh out as much of the after effects mm. of the war as they do with the Pacific, specifically. Yeah. Like, that does delve into more PTSD. Mm. But the Pacific, I feel like, is just so much more intense. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, you see, like, way more awful shit going on. So, yeah. I don't know. I agree, though. Yeah. But, you know, this day of days, it was their day. It was their... was a day of days. <laughs> I'm trying to, like... Yeah, obviously. Um, but it's sort of like the... You know when you have an event and you're really excited... And you have all this adrenaline for it, but it just sort of keeps on going. Yeah. And you don't really anticipate it to keep on going. Yeah. Um, that's sort of what D-Day kicks off for them, is it kicks off this, like, month, basically, of having to relive that day after day. Yeah. Having yeah. to be in combat. Yeah. And you, you see that in the next episode where it it follows the rest of their campaign because i don't think they got off the line until july yeah that sounds about right but yeah that's that's day of days that's episode two in the books right i wanna say thank you to lex thank you for having me and thank you to andy thank you for having me it's a privilege and i'm really proud to be part of this me too. It's so fun. Yeah. Love to see it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Well, thank you to everyone for listening and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.